Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Yeah, Lord, and as we come to your word now, we thank you that we have found the pearl of great price. Lord, the thing that uh, is worth giving up everything else in order to be able to gain the knowledge of you, the knowledge of the kingdom, Lord, to be able to, to get you. We've, we've stumbled across the treasure hidden in the field, Lord, that um, was worth selling up everything else in order to be able to, to buy the field that that treasure is in. And Lord, to be all in. Lord, help us um, to be fully invested in what lasts forever. And Lord, we thank you now for your word. And I pray that you'd help us um, to be able to hear and receive all that you've got for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So, great to see you. Uh, you're very welcome. I, um, we've been in this series in the evenings since January started looking at prophecy looking at how God speaks to us and um, I put the title of this has been the art of hearing God um, because as we're going to hear it's not an exact science it's an art there's something uh, and an art takes practice in order to get better at it um, but we need to start from the point of view that anything that we get from God comes from revelation it has to start out of a revelation from God so this book is our 100% proof revelation this is the word of God and uh, to the extent that we believe that we'll have him speak through us and we'll have him speak to us Um, if people start to disregard the word of God if people start to say it's just like any other book it will become like any other book to them it will become like any other book through them it will, it will lose its power. The Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot, cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. There are some things you're not going to get by intelligence. There are some things you're not going to get by your own figuring it out. There are some things that you just got to have revelation on. You're going to have to have God speak and you're going to have to spiritually discern some things that may seem foolish. We've got to be willing to have some things that seem foolish in order for us to be able to receive the wisdom of God. And we are going to have to spiritually discern some things that actually physically may not make that much sense to us. The fact is, this is how you all get, all everybody always gets started as a Christian because I've written a book called Work It Out to help people work out what it is to become a Christian. But the truth is, nobody just works it out by themselves. It's not, it's not naturally discerned. It is a spiritual revelation. There's a gift, the Bible says, of revelation. You know, the word revelation literally means a curtain is pulled back. It's like it was there all along, but there was something here, and you move it out of the way. From the very start of our Christian life, we have to depend upon God revealing to us what we need to know. And we, have, we have, should have an expectation of this, of daily bread. Jesus said we should pray with expectation of daily bread. Not, not weekly, 
not monthly, or not yearly, daily bread. Something from heaven that human wisdom, human strength cannot discern. You know, some people say, well, I know I'm a Christian, but the problem is I don't think I hear from God. I have to tell you, that is a problem. Jesus expects, he says, my sheep will hear my voice. If there's, if, if there's not, if that isn't happening for you, that's a problem. It, it really is. And the problem is not with God. Some of us, it's a, I was thinking in the worship, it's like, it's about wanting it. It's about needing it, needing daily bread. We get so full up of donuts and things, we, we, we end up not wanting the daily bread. But some of us, I'm, if our phone goes, if we don't know where our phone is, we're absolutely panicking. We're like, oh, where's my phone? I don't know where my phone is. But you can go weeks without hearing God and think it's okay. It isn't okay. We're a children of God. We're supposed to be connected to him. And we don't live on bread alone. We don't live on Vodafone. We, we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's how you really live. And if you're not getting that, you're not really living. Amen. We need God's revelation more than our own understanding, more than other people's opinions to be spoken to us. We need God to speak to us and if we want our faith to grow we have to hear God and if we want to hear from God we have to grow our faith Amen. works both ways if we want to hear God we have to grow in faith if we want our faith to grow we have to hear God and so much of this the Bible says in Job, God does speak. Sometimes this way, sometimes that way, though a person may not perceive it. It's like we miss it all the time. And sometimes it is like, I'm the same as you. It's because we're so busy with so many other things going on to stop and slow down and all of that. And it's just distractions all the time. I talked the other week about distractions and the source of distractions and how we have an enemy and he wants to keep you distracted and keep you away from prayer and from hearing God. And the question when he speaks is, will, not just will we hear, but will we do what he says? Because otherwise, what's the point in him speaking? This morning, I came out of the shower, and Zoe was talking to me, and, um, and I, my hair was a mess, you know. I've got so much, only, only so much I can do with it, you know. <laughs> so I got the hairdryer, and I put the hairdryer on, and then I finished, and I said, what were you saying? And she said, what's the point in talking to you when you got that on? And I thought, oh, later on, when I was writing the notes for this, God reminded me of that. It's like, what's the point in talking to you? If, you, if, you, if you're that distracted, if you've got that other stuff going on, what, you know, what, what's the point in talking to you about something else I want you to do when you didn't do anything about the last thing that I told you to do? Henry Blackaby wrote the fantastic book Experiencing God, wrote about a time when he was speaking to a group of young leaders. Quote, when I finished the last session, a pastor took me aside and said, I vowed to God that I would never ever again listen to a man like you. You seem to talk as though God is personal and real and talks to you. I despise that. 
It makes you wonder what kind of a pastor he was. I asked him, are you having difficulty having God speak to you? So he and I I took some time to talk. Before long, we were both on our knees and he was weeping and thanking God that God had spoken to him. Oh, don't let anyone intimidate you about hearing from God. Does God speak to his people in our day? Will he reveal to you where he's working and where, when he wants to use you? Yes, God has not changed. He still speaks to his people. If you have trouble hearing God speak, you are in trouble at the very heart of your Christian experience. If we don't hear from God, guys, what he's saying is, if we don't hear from God, we're in trouble at the heart, the very heart of our Christian experience. We should have an expectation of this. And if there's something wrong, we better check the connection. So this isn't when we're talking about prophecy, about there's some special thing that's only for some special people at special times. We're going to talk about there being different levels of this, but there's an expectation that we should have. I'm going to hear from God every day. Every single day. Not necessarily some audible voice, but I expect to hear God. I expect to hear God. Sometimes Christians act as if everything that we needed to learn about God, we got told right at the beginning. Just enough to believe in Jesus. Well, so what? The devil believes in Jesus. Just enough to get our past sins sorted out. Well, what about the future? Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance that we should walk in them. So we are created and we are saved for a purpose. There are reasons for us being saved. And God wants to tell you today, this week, what they are. While Jesus was here on the earth, he modelled perfectly how this works on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. In John chapter 5, verses 19 to 20, he said, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. It's like God, Jesus limited his divinity into his humanity to show us what's possible. How we, how we can live as the sons and daughters of God. He limited his divinity. He didn't do what he did because he was the son, by virtue of being the son of God, although he was always the son of God. He became fully human, but then he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he said, I'm going to show you what it's like to be a spirit-filled human being walking on the earth. And I tell you the truth, by myself, I can do nothing. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. It's like he's got tuned into heaven all the time. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. So just all those stories of miracles and how Jesus treats somebody different, prays for them different than he did with the last one. You know, so it doesn't always just go into miracle mode and it's always the same. He's saying, all right, Father, what are we doing here? How do I pray for this one? Mud pies spit on his eyes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. That's what the Father's doing. Show me and I'll do it. 
Like Jesus, when, when he walked on the earth, we can do nothing by ourselves. But, like Jesus, the Father loves you. And he'll show you everything he's doing. And to your amazement, he wants to show you even greater things. And one of the ways that's meant to happen is through the gift of prophecy that we've been talking about. The question I want to look at is, for a little while, who can receive prophecies? According to the Bible, as we've said, even the most basic knowledge about Jesus Christ comes from supernatural revelation. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, that it sees you via Philippi. Jesus is there with all the disciples. He turns to them and says, so who do people say that I am? And they all pop off lots of different ideas. And then he says, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, yes, Peter, you are right. Tick the box. And then he says, this was not revealed to you by humans, by flesh, but by my father in heaven. Revelation. So in a general sense, all Christians operate prophetically because we all become Christians by revelation. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. However, in addition to that, the Bible also talks about a spiritual gift of prophecy. When Peter later explained the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, he made a very close connection between a spirit-filled believer, being one, and the gift of prophecy. Because he said this, then Peter addressed the crowd, Acts 2. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. This is a sign. Again, if it isn't working in the church, the church isn't working. If this isn't working, you've got to wonder, is the Holy Spirit being poured out on all the flesh there? Or is the flesh doing some other stuff? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. That's a prophetic thing. Your old men will dream dreams. That's a prophetic thing. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. It's a sign that God's alive, that the church is the body of Christ and is still moving in the world. Prophecy. We should have this expectation. Christians should have an expectation that of revelation supernatural revelation prophecies coming from God now like every other gift we're going to see not everybody possesses this, the gift of prophecy in the same manner or the same measure but this is the one gift and the only gift that we are all told all Christians are told to pursue above all the others it says eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 39 says, Be eager to prophesy. Be eager to prophesy. So, are you eager to prophesy tonight? Amen. Yeah? Hands up if you're eager to prophesy. Hallelujah. Okay, keep your hands up. All right. Holly, 
Ollie, Holly and Ollie, Karen. Don't put your hands down if you were chickening out. You said before you were eager to prophesy. We don't go, oh, I was eager when we were saying it before. Gordon and... Uh, okay. Both, all three of you. Yeah? All three of you there. Is that all right? Can you... Just, that's it. Just those people. We can do other weeks. If, if, if I said you, can you get a chair and just go and sit at the, or get a chair and sit at the side and be looking at people? during the rest of the talk and Ollie's going to take and give you all a pen and a bit of paper and your job now is to hear God for them so during the rest of the time I'm talking let's pray for them Lord I pray for these guys that you will help them to know that they can hear from, from you and that they can hear from you for people, other people that you love here and Lord we just pray that you'd give them wisdom and revelation open up the prophetic gifts that you have placed in them as your children and help them to be able to hear from you for us in this place so yeah if you don't mind just just shuffling out to the sides you can uh, yeah that's great huh I can't hear you Isaac no I'm, I'm going with people who are, who are kind of new to it rather than other people is that alright okay Great. He knows he can do it. Great. And I'm not and some of these other guys might as well, but I think we wanna we encourage other people. So great. So all they're doing, try and switch off from them, but they're gonna switch on for you. And you'd be listening to me, but they're going to be listening to God on your behalf. And Lord, I pray for them that they will be open to hearing from you for some of the people in the room. And that they will um, uh, do that in the name of Jesus. And actually, despite what I just said, I think, Rick, could you also do it? Just go over there, over that side. Thanks, mate. So they're just going to sit and listen to God as as he speaks to them for us and later on I want them to get up and tell us what they believe God might be saying that's important this is not thus saith the Lord this isn't like the Old Testament prophet that if they don't get it right we all throw stones at them (laughs) this is an impression this is a, a, a thought and if you're thinking, if you're sitting there and you're there thinking, oh, well, how, is he, how will he speak to me? The answer is by faith. That's it. And the other answer is in all kinds of ways. God communicates prophecies in thousands of creative ways. God speaks in so many ways. Hebrews chapter 1, right at the start says God at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets and he has in these last days spoken to us by his son God speaks at various times and in various ways sometimes if you've been here here in these weeks you'll know we've looked at how God can speak through visions through dreams through prophecies even through moving pictures impressions and thoughts seem to be the most common way God speaks to people Mark Stibby wrote in one of his books, perhaps the biggest mistake people make when it comes to the prophetic is to think that God always speaks directly and loudly. This is in fact the exception rather than the rule. 
God does not ordinarily call us on some heavenly telephone and speak in an audible voice. Rather, God speaks to us through impressions and intuitions. And over time, we learn to discern when he's speaking to us, who he's speaking to us about, and what he's saying. This is a learning process, which is a good summary for what being a disciple is, isn't it? Being a disciple is being a learner. So this isn't about being an expert. It's about being a learner, a learning process. Is this a safe place for people to have a go? Absolutely. Two, two examples from Graham Cook. He's written a lot on prophecy. Sometimes he says God makes people see words. He says, I've seen words appear on somebody's forehead when I've been praying for them, like faith or healing. Or he says, sometimes the vision we have, the picture we have, can use our own human knowledge. It's a great story. He said, I was in a meeting of several hundred people and just about to speak when the Lord directed me to one person in the middle of the aisle, a girl in her mid-twenties. I asked her to stand up. All I had was the picture of a hazel tree. I know what a hazel tree is because my father and I were landscape gardeners. All I had was this picture, so I asked the Lord. I asked the Lord. This is the king thing. Keep on asking the Lord, guys. What do you want to say? There was nothing. I started in with what I knew. I said to her, I'm seeing a picture of a hazel tree. Then I began to describe the properties of what I knew about hazel trees from my training as a landscape gardener. I said, it's got beautiful flowers and fruit. It can grow almost anywhere. It's resistant to disease. The bark and the leaves can be used for medicinal purposes. They can also be used as a tonic or a sedative that brings comfort from pain. It can grow and succeed almost anywhere. It's very hardy, very resilient. And as soon as I came to the end of what I knew, suddenly I began to flow in the prophetic. See, this is again how it starts to work. You come to the end of you and you start to get into the beginning of God. And I said, that's how God sees you. You are beautiful. God says you're going to bear good fruit in your life. You mustn't be worried that you're no good. You're tough. You're strong. You'll be able to resist the enemy. You're going to grow in almost any situation. And I began to move like that. And she was now in tears. And all her friends were hooting with laughter. I finished prophesying and prayed for her and got on with the seminar I was doing. And at the end of the meeting, she came up to me and said, thanks for what you said. You don't know this, but my name is Hazel. <laughs> and apparently that very afternoon, her friends had been having tea together and she'd sat there in a really bad mood saying, Hazel, stupid name, Hazel. Why did my parents call me Hazel? Why couldn't I have been called by a prettier name? I hate my name. I wish I could change it. And then she came to the meeting and God picked her out and gave me a vision of a hazel tree. God has a great sense of humour. <laughs> and what he was saying in all of this was, excuse me, but I chose your name. I gave it to you and I gave it to you for this purpose. She later told me, she was crying because suddenly she was realising this name was given to her by God. When she was in the womb, God named her Hazel. So you just be open to that, to words, impressions and pictures. And like we're going to see, you don't have to know what it means. 
bless you. You don't have to know what it means. But as Christians, with the Holy Spirit living in us, he's pouring out his spiritual gifts tonight on his children, including the gift of prophecy. And we should eagerly desire that. Christians, it seems, possess the spiritual gift of prophecy in varying degrees. What I mean is, like anything else, gifts get better when you practice them, don't they? Nobody was just born an amazing musician. You've got to practice. But even so, with prophecy, there's something about God's sovereignty that's at work. Numbers chapter 12, God said about Moses... When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions and speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why would it be that he would speak like that to Moses and not like that to other people? Well, maybe the answer and the clue is a couple of verses back when it says this. Moses was very humble. More humble than any man who was on the face of the earth. I bet he didn't say that about himself. (laughs) But I wonder if the two things are linked. Humility and prophetic accuracy. I wonder if there's a link there between them. God is looking for people he can trust. And sometimes it's to trust that just because he shows you something doesn't mean you've got to say it. It could be as you're looking at people tonight, God gives you something and then if you're listening to him, he'll say, but that's not for tonight. Or that's not for you to voice. You don't have to speak it out just because he shows it. It could just be something that he wants you to pray about. Just something to take away and think, okay, he showed me that person and maybe he'll engineer a meeting that you can sit and chat and say you know we were talking at that thing and I got this picture and I don't know if it was alright for me to share it or, or whatever because we want it the motivation is love it's, it, it's, it's to do it in love so there are different differences in terms of levels of prophecy some prophesy and I believe every Christian can do this we've looked at this already Hannah spoke on it recently Every Christian, I think, can prophesy by speaking God's word in order to just bring basic inspiration and encouragement. That should be a regular thing that we're going round saying, I think God might be saying this, and in building one another up with with words of prophecy for people to then weigh and take away themselves. I think I've got another slide on this map. There's an inspirational prophecy. I'm going to quote Graham Cook again. He says, prophecy is like a swimming pool. There's a shallow end that everybody can safely use. This is inspirational prophecy where our aim is to encourage, build up and comfort people. It is non-directive, not correctional and seeks to bless people and glorify the Lord in simple terms. So that, I believe, is just the children's bread. It's part of what we should all be expecting. Every Christian can do that. After the shallow end, there's a middle section where the water gets progressively deeper. Prophetic ministry is quite different from that inspirational gift of prophecy. Many people will experience prophecy as a one-off gift for a particular time and purpose. 
Maybe it's just, you know, just when the music's playing right and everything's kind of going and the circumstances are, are just right. Continual use of the gift of prophecy will begin to push us in the direction of a ministry of prophecy rather than just a casual use of the gift. So this isn't just the odd one-off. This is becoming part of what you do because it's part of who you are. It means getting into deeper water in terms of our faith. For example, believing for more specific and revelation words instead of the general inspiration type. It will broaden our use of the gift to include a wider range of situations and people and activities. So again, it, this sometimes it's, it's great to go. I, I love to go on missions and go to different churches in different places. And I find that when I'm there, this revelation stuff flows so much more in a, in, a, in, a, in a place like that you're in a different kind of spiritual atmosphere and if you can build an atmosphere of faith you just start to be able to st- you know and you can say things to people that you don't know who they are so much easier in that, in that sense otherwise you're kind of thinking well God's showing me that about you but maybe you're going to think it's because I think about this and I'm trying to in some way to say it and all of that you second guess God out of it so this is why it's good to find ways to be able to stretch ourselves to grow that ministry. And then the office of a prophet, he says, would continue along that same line but going ever deeper into the supernatural realm of hearing God and being his mouthpiece. So you're really more and more clearly hearing God and being his mouthpiece. I've worked with some people like that that just there's a and there's a level of accuracy there that that you know, is astonishing, and um, yeah, and they can then and they can then offer things to the church. That's not just speaking so much to individuals. That's often speaking to a church for then those in leadership, elders, and everybody to be able to weigh as maybe that's a directional thing or a correctional thing for the church as well. So, believe it or not, that was all the notes that I wrote before getting into what Mark Isles was going to teach us about prophecy from his book. So I'm not going to do that this week. (laughs) We can do that next week. Um, Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we can and should expect to be able to hear from you. And I pray, Lord, for confirmation for the guys that have been hearing from you and beginning to do that, Lord, that if they've got anything from you that they feel is going to be useful or helpful, we want to hear it, Lord. And we don't have to know it We don't have to understand it all. Our job isn't to explain it. Our job isn't to add to it. Our job isn't to make it happen. Our job isn't in some way to convince anybody that we've heard from you. Lord, we're we're post men and post women. We hear from you and then, Lord, in love, we just want to deliver what it is and then it's up to that person whether or not they say, I don't think that's for me or not for now or whatever. So, Lord, we want to just release people from any sense of performance, expectation. Lord, we are loved. You are well pleased with us. And, Lord, anything that we do uh, is just your kids playing and having fun. And we want that to happen, Lord, in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Because, Lord, we thank you that you 
have uh, chosen your people, Lord. You said that you're going to pour out your Holy Spirit upon all flesh, Lord. And we thank you that you've caused these guys to um, have visions and dreams and pictures and impressions and thoughts. And we pray, Lord, that as they've stepped out boldly in faith, because they said before that they eagerly desire spiritual gifts and especially that they will prophesy, Lord. We, we thank you that you're going to you're going to reward them for that, Lord. You're a God who, who, um, who says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to hit. the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So, Lord, thank you that they've proved that tonight by um, putting a hand up and then moving out and then just daring to believe that they can hear from you. And I know many of them may have done this before. And uh, for others, it might be something new. But Lord, I pray that, that you will keep this um, channel open. And that the, in the days and weeks ahead, even more clearly, they're going to find you speaking to them in unexpected ways for, for lots of people. And Lord, we want to hear you through them. And we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we thank God for them? Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.